joyously through the woods on the dance of freedom. We came to a bridge where I froze in my tracks. What? This on the path of the dogmatic creed? I could not accept. The path of the dogmatic creed cannot contain this. No, it cannot be. I became lost looking for this very bridge. The bridge had a sign on the front, the Bridge of Reason. On the other side was another sign, but it could only be read from there. My new saintly sister and my new family ran joyously over the thing with no hesitation. They were lighter and simpler than me, though. For if reason has a bridge here on the dogmatic creed, it had to be a mighty weak and shadowy bridge. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Royal Podcast. My name is Walter Emerson. So I uh, ended up in the last session with you all having begun the process of going back in time so that we could get this whole story told uh, leading up to my uh, moment with St. Joan of Arc in 2008. But I said last time that it began a long time ago, back in 1984, when I was converted into the church and, and on the feast day of St. Therese of Lisieux, according to the new calendar on October 1. And I made reference to the fact that um, this was in a moment of unreflective certainty, uh, a phrase from Edith Stein, and it um, uh, that I eventually, when I began to uh, uh, read St. Therese of Lycia, uh, what I began to uh, realize was that uh, I understood or I had an understanding of, of, the, of the power. I understood the truth of what she was saying in her book, but I, I didn't know what it was. I, I, I had an understanding that sort of preceded this actual knowledge. So I had to kind of go pursue what I needed to know about that sort of understanding of truth that I had obtained and doing that, which is very different than the way that I had been uh, been brought up in the in the world. And so what I'd, what I'd like to do, and you can go back and listen to that, that's uh, in the previous episode. What I'd like to do is, first of all, uh, I'd like to kind of begin from that point with St. Therese, and I'd, I'd like to rephrase that a little bit. And it's because it's a very phenomenological thing, and I, and I don't want to get in over my head and start describing things that may be confusing or that I may get confused on uh, phenomenologically. Uh, so I, I kind of like to call this 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 Theresean experience of being converted on the feast day of Saint Therese, and then you know within a year after I had begun to read her book, and I had this sense of understanding that I I I, I understand I can sense that what she's saying is true. I just don't know I just don't know what it is that that it is that's that's true. And there was this sense of understanding that sort of preceded knowledge, which is, uh, which is a phenomenological uh, characteristic of looking at the world, very different from the typical Cartesian 
you know, mind, body, subject, object type of way that we're, we're used to seeing the world. And it was really the beginning of a complete change of mind for me. Of course, I didn't realize it at the time and I couldn't articulate it at the time, but it was a complete change of, of mind that began with me. And, you know, one other thing I want to mention that was uh, important, I said I would draw this forward, was that when I, when I went into the program to study the Catholic Church, as mentioned last time, uh, that, you know, prior to that, I, I sort of had this, um, well, raised as a Protestant, but then I was sort of a whatever and just, you know, who cares, whatever about religion kind of thing. And, and, I, and I didn't really mean that as just sort of, a, you know, filling, you know, words, uh, filling air just to, just to kind of make a comment. Uh, th- that actually has a, a powerful meaning. And then the final thing I want to bring forward from the, the, the last episode is the fact that when I did convert, and it was through really the Hail Mary because that, that was the most beautiful prayer I'd ever heard. Uh, and, and one of the things that impressed me beyond being able to pray to the Mother of God was the fact that uh, these people were praying for themselves, like we're still sinners. Pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. And that was new for me. I thought once you were saved, you were saved, and you just kind of went and tried to find other people to, to be saved. And I, that's also a very important thing. That actually made sense to me. You know, the idea that the Catholics seemed still concerned about their salvation as opposed to an assurance of salvation actually made sense to me. I, I was actually more, I felt more real and authentic in that world that the Catholics were describing. So let's let's kind of move forward because I said I said at the end of the last session that uh-oh, you know, I I've had this moment of conversion, this 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 sort of phenomenological experience with St. Therese. This is back in 1984, 85 and then I did my total consecration to the Blessed Virgin Mary in in 1986. I'm I'm kind of back there. So every you must be thinking, well everything is uh Everything, boy, that sounds like everything must be going great and every oh, everything's going to go well. And I said, well, I'm getting ready to take you into the dark forest. <laughs> I'm getting ready to, we, you know, we're going into a kind of a rough period here. Uh, we have to, you know, uh, carry our cross when we follow the Lord. And, and um, so certainly it was not a, um, yeah, it was not a primrose path. Uh, that I ended up following, and there's there's a there's a phenomenological reason for that. Now this this dark force thing I think is probably going to come in in two uh, two presentations, two episodes, because I want to divide it up uh, accordingly. What I read to you in the very beginning was actually p- the beginning of the second prose of the four I mentioned, and uh, I I in a previous episode I I did the the uh, the first prose, and I, and I actually posted that out in the um, in the notes to the podcast. I'll do the same with this one. But this was the second one I wrote called "The Dance of Reason," and and so there's really kind of two stages of going into this this dark force because what happened after this conversion, the this this you know Theresian moment conversion, uh, you know this understanding of the authority of the church and the real and substantial presence of Jesus in the Eucharist and my total consecration to Mary, there, there, there was the, the problem, and I had, no, I had no idea, there was no way for me to grasp the problem, which was 
that I was in fact coming out of a world of who, you know, whatever, you don't really care much about this. And that, that world phenomenologically is, is kind of what we call, you know, the, it's, it's this world where we're just sort of uh, accepting what the world's been telling us. We're just accepting what everyone around us. It's just we're just kind of one of the one of the people, and we just sort of accept that what we're being told. We just kind of accept the way that the world is, and there's really no phenomenological questioning about it, and that's what we might call a very inauthentic uh, life. And what this conversion did was then, and so I, I just kind of keep going forward as if my understanding of life that was was in this sort of um, this sort of anybody type of, of, of world of inauthenticity. And I just sort of carried that forward, not knowing that this was going to be a problem. And so as I went forward, I realized that, you know, I began having a lot of very deep troubles. And I don't want to go into a lot of details. Uh, in fact, I don't want to go into any details, to be honest with you. But I do want to tell you about it from a, a spiritual and phenomenological standpoint. But it was it was a it was a very very uh, uh, a troubling uh, period. There was a, it, there was a period, it, and it ran for over two decades. It was a period of twenty five years, and yes, twenty five years of great suffering. And the suffering was because I had carried forward the attitudes of the world. So if I came out of the world with whatever, who cares, you know, religion, who cares? Well, I, I'm bringing into my new faith all the beliefs and all the, the aspects of, of, of belief that, 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 that came with the world. And, and, and it, was, it was in great conflict with what I was now learning. So if you remember phenomenologically, I had come to understand the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist. I'd come to understand the role of the Blessed Virgin Mary. I'd come to understand that St. Therese and her Carmelite spirituality was presenting a was presenting truth, but I, I had I needed to follow this path. I needed to follow so that I could learn the the new the new way, and that I didn't really know. I just thought, well, I I found this wonderful faith. Now I'll just kind of keep living, and so much of my old inauthentic life was uh, was in fact uh, in great conflict with the the new life that I had, and that created an immense amount of su of suffering. Uh, mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, and this was actually a blessing. It was a blessing from our our Lord, because that's what He was trying to tell me. That's what the Holy Spirit was trying to tell me, was that you're you're walking into this new relationship with the Lord and Our Lady, and you're you're bringing into it an entire sort of sense of being, a sense of understanding of your world that is is inauthentic. It's the, you're bringing in what the world has given you and what the world has is, is, is false. It's inauthentic. It's not life-giving. 
and therefore you need to be stripped away away of it. And and the only way I could be stripped away was to go through so much pain that I was willing to have it uh, uh, stripped away. It was truly a period, uh, a lengthy period, of great suffering. And and the, you know, one of the things that I'm I'm doing here. Um, that I think is important to mention as, as well is by going back and, and trying to get you to understand the, how spiritually and phenomenologically my life sort of developed to get me to this point that I've been referencing in this whole podcast about uh, this moment with St. Joan of Arc in 2008 is to go back and reflect um, on, on our past. Now, what does that do? Going back to reflect on our past brings the past alive. It 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 makes that sort of past present uh, again to us. And the one thing that it does when we when we reflect on our past, uh, his you know sort of our history, is it it removes that that um, that that covering over. So when we when we when we're living that inauthentic life, and we're just kind of living with everybody, thinking like everybody, accepting what everybody, what people say is important, is what we need to we need to think is important because that's what everybody says is important, and what everyone says is exciting. We should think that's exciting because that's what everybody thinks is is exciting. Uh, you know, when we're following that. Our real world is actually closed up to us. It's actually covered. It's actually hidden now away from us. And we don't really know what our real life really is. And so one of the ways we can break that spell of the covering over, the hiddenness uh, that our inauthentic life in the world, uh, listening to the world, uh, being involved in the world, one of the ways we can kind of remove that and uncover our life is looking historically, looking at our past and not critically, but reflectively, phenomenologically. And what I mean by that is looking back on our life in order to see, uh, evaluate how does our life appear to us? What has appeared in our life? What does our life look like when we go back? And that begins to remove that, that cover that we've been experiencing living inauthentically in the world. So that's one of the things, and that's one of the reasons I hope that you'll be you know, journaling. And I hope if you're enjoying these uh, talks and kind of following me, that's what I want you to do is, if you will, is, is follow me on this trail of the dogmatic creed with St. Joan and St. Therese and, and to journal. And, you know, think about how important journaling is. Journaling is a way of making manifest in a written form what our, what our, our uh, thoughts are. And then we're able to go back and bring those thoughts and make, make them alive in our, our, our reflections. So journaling is an important part of making our past present again, not uh, critically or thinking about how bad things were, but reflectively and phenomenologically. What does our, what does our life appear when I'm able to step away from the everydayness of the world, of that inauthentic everydayness? The unthinking that goes on. You just sort of aimlessly go through life. Well, when I step away from that, 
uh, through journaling and reflection on the past, suddenly I start to get a sense of what my life appears to me to be. And that would be a phenomenological approach. What, is my, what does my life appear to me to be? And that, that's what I'm trying to do here. I mean, it's, it's helping me now, even though I've already written on this. It's helping me now to go back and talk about it because it gives me more to reflect on. You, you, you never have the whole uh, answer. You're always reflecting and, and going back. And so um, the, the first phase of this, this dark forest I found myself in was understanding uh, intellectually uh, and I thought I was, you know, a man of reason. I was highly educated, and I, I took pride in myself as being a highly educated man of reason. And uh, that's that, you know, that became a, it became apparent to me that in fact um, my reasoning process needed to change. My my the way that I I actually engaged my intellect with the world needed to be changed, and that created great stress, much anxiety, you know, much ambiguity in, in my life that created a lot of, uh, a lot of tension and problems. And uh, so this is why I sort of, the second prose was really on the, the, the dance of, the dance of reason was because I had to, to, to find a way to come to terms with you know, as I, as I said, I had been approached with a different reasoning process. Through this experience with St. Therese, I had come to, I had come to understand and, and then seek out what I needed to know. And I'd always been taught the opposite, which is much more of a Cartesian way, in the, you know, the modern scientific way. And, and I had to change that. And I, I didn't know that. So here I was being confronted with a different way of thinking and, and it just it just was uh, confounding me and creating all sorts of problems as I struggled in the dark forest. Um, and the first dark forest was in the intellectual one of of of, of reasoning. And so, you know, this was the, uh, the really the first piece that I wanted to present in terms of, you know, entering that long period of suffering and struggling. Uh, that, you know, you may think, oh, it sounds like everything must have just been beautiful and gone on. No, because I was coming into a world that I was not configured, and I needed to be reconfigured uh, in, in this world. And then, you know, finally, one of the things I mentioned just a, a little bit ago was I, I wanted to make sure I didn't get, you know, kind of in over my head in, in terms of some of this discussion. And so what I'd like to do, and you'll hear me call uh, point this out in the future, is to discuss uh, this, this thinking, this orientation through uh, my experience with St. Therese and my conversion and the sense of, I, I understand what she's saying. I, I have a certain empathy for what she's saying. I, I really believe what she's saying is true. I just don't know what it is. That, I don't know what it is that uh, she's saying. And I'd like to just kind of call that the Theresean effect uh, because that keeps it in the realm of something that I can communicate through my own experience. And it's a very much a phenomenological effect. And it's, uh, in my mind, it is really uh, freeing me from that, you know, Cartesian uh, uh, 
you know, modern thinking that Descartes introduced to us and bring us back to more of a medieval uh, mindset in terms of understanding the world more phenomenologically. Uh, but I think I'm going to, you know, refer to it as the Theresian effect. So as I go forward, you'll hear me talk about the Theresian effect or the, the Theresian experience. And, and that's what I'm going to be referring to is the fact that I came to, to have a fundamental new understanding, but I didn't know what it was that I was understanding. And what, so what do you do? You start pursuing it, don't you? You start, you start seeking out what it is that you need to know. And that's called a journey. That's called a spiritual journey. So this was the first phase I want to talk about of sort of that dark forest I was in. It was the, uh, the intellectual, the, uh, the the, my, my old intellect as I had been taught in the world was conflicting with the new sort of mindset, intellectual mindset. And uh, I was having to be freed of that. And that was the only way I could be freed was to, to hurt so much that I was willing to make that, that change. And so part two of this dark forest will come in the next uh, episode when I go through the, uh, the dance of suffering. So I'll leave it there. So we've kind of you know, picked up the uh, moment of conversion, St. Therese, and now we're into the dark forest right now. And we're struggling intellectually. We're struggling that we've been, we know something is true, but it's, it's not working in the old framework of intellectual reasoning that we've had before. And we're suffering and we're suffering greatly. And so I'm going to leave you right, leave you right there because we, we have some more suffering to do. <laughs> I promise you we're going to come out of that a little bit, but we have a little bit more suffering to do. So I, I, I hope you enjoyed that. If you have thoughts or anything, feel free to jump into the podcast page, leave, leave a comment. I hope you're journaling um, and, and reflecting, and uh, I hope you're journeying with me, and I hope you, hope you enjoyed that. And um, I'll uh, continue to venture with you in this dark forest in the next episode. So hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much. God bless. Bye-bye.